doing hits and bets for the DP World Tour this week. I am joined by Ryan Baroff to talk about the European Ryder Cup team. Ryan, hello. Tom, thank you for having me. Uh, looking forward to an awesome week. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be great. I think if you'd have asked me six to eight months ago about this, I know you've always been a pretty European homer, right? I think if you asked me six to eight months ago, I'd have thought we had no chance. Like, I, I genuinely thought it was going to be a whistling straights repeat, um, mm-hmm. even with the course advantage, even with the the home soil angle. What? When did you think, I mean, did you always believe in Europe all the way along from kind of two years ago? Or how's the kind of timeline of, of you believing in Europe gone? Uh, no, it's, it's definitely been more recent. I mean, I don't know how you could feel good about them after whistling straights. Yeah. Um, I mean, they got smashed and, and half the team was over 40. So uh, you kind of knew that team wasn't going to last. But um, no, the narrative has, has certainly switched. You know, we spent a lot of this year watching like the European points and trying to cope with, you know, Yannick Paul and Adrian Otegi and Adrian Moronk possibly being on this team. But it got rounded out by some really strong players. Um, and the top of the European team is just in awesome form right now. You know, Rory and Rom, I mean, don't have to say much about them. Obviously, Hovland won the FedEx Cup. Avery is here. Uh, Nikolai's playing great. Uh, Lowry seems to have broken out of his slump. So, I just think they have all the momentum and there's a reason why they haven't lost at home in 30 years. Yeah, the timing on on the Lowry um, efforts at the Irish Open and uh, Wentworth were key. I mean, look, I, I was, was very anti uh, Shane Lowry for a long time, right? Like I was I was slightly worried about him being on the team, thought he was a weak link. And everyone kind of pointed to the fact that, you know, he's he's the type of player you can't leave out. And I sort of was quite open in the fact that I said, I'm sure he will probably play well at those two events it's just i felt that um Ronk should have gone based on previous uh form now i got over that pretty quickly like it doesn't really matter to me whether it's Moronk, lowry Abo, koigard really i think that you're focusing on the top six seven guys in that team right so i think ultimately in the end the right decisions were made i guess the real difference maker i think for the european team was was robert mcintyre getting that final spot on the points list because he doesn't seem to have it right now yeah but i mean i would say for the last year and a half he hasn't had it but he's gone through these peaks and valleys right he was off the face of the earth for a while showed a little form fell off again then he won right he won yeah. at this golf course obviously and then almost won the scottish so i think he has the upside um and again he's going to play four balls he's probably going to play one match before singles <sighs> Um, he's going to play with a veteran, right? Um, he can easily go out and make six, seven birdies on his own ball and it, you know, it'd be a huge win for him. So I, you know, I don't think that spot mattered as much if it was him, if it was Moronk, if it was Yannick Paul, they were probably only going to play two sessions anyways. Yeah. I, th- I think the thing is with Europe historically, when you look right, they don't ever sit anyone out until the singles like that's just not a thing for them and i don't think i think really in the Ryder cup in general people don't really do that um i think he's the most live person to do that i think there is a definite possibility that he does just sit until the singles and you just hope that he just goes out and does it for his you know benefit you don't want that to happen because it's maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity for him i think that all the videos coming out are that he's struggling with form, he's struggling to find his swing, and we know that we, he's kind of lost it over the last couple of weeks. But as you said, like 
you, he's this kind of player that can just turn it on at any point. And, you know, it's not that long ago that he went head to head with Roy McIlroy at the Scottish Open. And, you know, we're talking about the excellent form Roy McIlroy is in, which he obviously is. And, you know, to get beat by one shot is, you know, I, don't, I just don't know how much, I guess, the opinion would change on McIntyre if he had just won that event rather than, than Roy coming and stealing off him, I guess. Yeah, I think I think I agree. Wins uh, always skew it a little bit. You know, he's going to have really good vibes all week. Uh, you know, being his, his first Ryder Cup, of course, that he's won at. Uh, he seems to be friendly with Rory. I'm, I'm sure they obviously don't get to see each other or play very much golf together, but it seems like they're friendly. I'm sure he gets on very well with Lowry, who is a guy who he may play with. Um, I saw Justin Rose's name floated out there a bit that he might play with him. So. I don't think he's going to sit all the way to singles. I think he's going to play that last Saturday afternoon uh, group on his own ball with Justin Rose probably, and then hopefully carry some momentum into singles on Sunday. Yeah, so I think I think this is the really important segue here is that the two names you mentioned as possible partners for McIntyre if he does play was Roy McIlroy and Justin Rose. And two really important points one i think that justin rose might be more important than people suspect he might be in the fact that i think he will play on day one with fitz um and fitz has really struggled in the Ryder cup so far but they are keen to persevere with him for obvious reasons like obviously a great player he went out twice with westwood played really poorly at whistling straight i think if they can get him going with rose early that could be a real partnership for those two guys and as you say, he could be the factor and the, and the veteran presence to take out someone like a McIntyre, even a Hoygaard, I think. So I think Roy's is, Rose has got a lot to play. And I think the other point about McIlroy is, is my concern on McIlroy is that I was hoping it was going to be Rory and Aberg for like four matches. Um, it doesn't appear to be the case. It looks like it's going to be Hovland and Aberg. The thing with me, and this is this is hard to kind of frame without it getting a little bit confusing, but like, to me, if you're going to play Rory and Aberg together, you've got the dynamic set of kind of best rookie versus the veteran player, the two best drivers of the golf ball in the event itself, and you just hope that they're basically unbeatable by that that kind of metric and, and they just dominate from that respect. I think when you put Hovland and Aberg together, who have this kind of similar skill set, but I find that weird. Like, I know there's obviously the, the language in, you know, the situation and they're obviously getting on quite well and there's probably something statistical to it, but I feel like they'd almost be better separated with their two off the tee games rather than putting those two together. Whereas I think if you were going to do it with Rory and Aberg, it would make more sense. Yeah, it's it's kind of tough because they're both guys who I think Europe trusts a lot and who are going to play. I mean, I expect Hoffman to play every session. Uh, Aberg's probably going to play three or four. But they're also, like, they're young, but also Hoffman's kind of the veteran here. Yeah. And I think, honestly, I think one of this is that Rory is way more flexible with who he can play with personality-wise, right? I think you can put him with with Lowry, obviously. Uh, you can put him with Aver. You could put him with Tommy Fleetwood, which I think we would see. You can put him with Tyrrell Hatton, right? You can put him with Justin Rose. Like, you can put him with anybody, um, Hovland coming off of zero points at Whistling Straits, where again, they jumped him around, but he went 0 2 with Tommy Fleetwood as a partner, and they probably just want to avoid that, even though there's no reason to avoid that. So I think that may be playing into it a little bit as well. I think he did he get a half maybe with Tommy? Maybe a half, yeah. yeah. He didn't win any matches. Yeah, he didn't like, win yeah. anything. He went winless, but got the half. And then I think him and, and Morikawa went like better ball 58 or something in the singles, right? Um, but I think 
I think the, the, the thing is, and I think to, to your point about Roy McIlroy and his personality thing, it's almost to his detriment. Like, mm-hmm. when he went out and played so well with Thomas Peters and Hazeltine, it was like, right, let's just rinse and repeat and do the same thing with Ollison. And it didn't really work in the Golf National. Then he gets asked to go out with Poulter to try and reimagine uh, Medina nine years later. And it, you know, strangely doesn't pan out. Like, it almost feels like he's just been that guy that, okay, Rory, like, whatever we decide to do, you're just going to have to put up with it. I think that's going to be the difference in this Ryder Cup is that if they can get his pairing right, I mean, obviously, yeah. first of all, like Europe have got the edge in terms of, you know, history in, in Europe, in terms of potentially the course, some people would say. I just think getting that pairing right and getting them in the right foursomes is is really important. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think, again, it's uh, I don't want to look too much at uh, Whistling Straits because the, the makeup of the team was so different. Yeah. But it just didn't seem like there was a plan. Like the plan was wrong and Sergio. That was the plan. Um, but then after that, there were no, like Rory played with Poulter, um, he played with Lowry, uh, and then Hoffman played with Fleetwood, and then he played with Wiesberger, and he played with Paul Casey, and then Casey played with Hat. like they were just all over the place. And um, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think you're going to see the same pairings go out a lot for Europe, and I think Luke Donald, rightfully so, is going to lean on those top six to eight guys for almost every match. Yeah, and I think that's a, a little bit of a departure from recent years where they've they've been keen to get everyone two or three matches right and I, I think you're right I think from an analytical standpoint of, of Eduardo Molinari being on that kind of vice captaincy they're just gonna figure out you know how to play these guys better and if that means that the Hovland Neighbor thing is great then then so be it like I, I'm not sure and we, we've seen it in the past with um you know um Fleetwood and Molinari in the sense of like they knew they'd be, I think they knew that they'd be a great foursomes pairing, but didn't know they'd be a good four balls. And then it just happened mm-hmm. and they, you know, won four and five games each. But yeah. like, so you almost stumble across a good pairing there. I think there's two things I think about this. One, that I think Rose is going to be really important in the sense that he can be kind of paid of anyone, but he's also that that grinder. And I also think that Stracker could have a, a decent um, <laughs> thing to play here, which is which mm-hmm. is wild to me. Like I wouldn't have ever put my European hinges on Sepp Stracker, but I think he's a really good full, I think he could be a really good four ball player. Like, I don't know how good sure. foursomes, but he like... He makes it, yeah, I mean, that guy can fill it up. He can putt and he could be the best iron player in the field any week. Yeah, and I think, like, he could basically go with anyone. Like, yeah. like what, like, he doesn't need anyone to help him with four balls. That's the whole beauty of four balls, that he just let him go and do his thing. Yep. So... Let's kind of put a little structure to this. Like, let's think about who we think are going to go five sessions, who we think can be kind of the top point scorers, and go from there. So, I think we're in agreement that five sessions is Rory, Ram, and Hovland. I think one of them is going to not going four for some reason, but that's the the three that you can put your bow on for the most likely candidates for five this time around. Yeah, and I think if I had to pick one who who only played four, it's it, it's probably going to be Rory. Um, yeah, agreed. I think yeah. I mean, you saw him; he did not play five at at uh, Whistling Straits. Um, obviously, he always has a lot going on, and he doesn't mind taking a break. But I expect, and again, just based on the pairings that I expect, uh, I expect Hovland and Abert to be so good that you can't sit them. And I think starting with that that Ron Hatton group that seems like we are inevitably going to get, I think that's a pretty pretty strong pairing that's not going to be broken up this week 
And I think even if it was broken up, Ryan, like I think that they would give Rahm someone good again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like when, when they split him up from Sergio, they put him with Hatton. Whereas like mm-hmm. I could see Rory having to go from Fleetwood to Lowry, which I think is actually a significant mm-hmm. drop off. And and from Fleetwood to I don't know, like someone completely yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's I think that that's a concern for me. Whereas Rahm and Hovland I think will be pretty set. Like as you say, Hovland and Aberg if they play well together. And if it's not, I think Hovland's going to get someone else good to go with as well. Yeah, and I think, again, when it comes to four balls, I think you can definitely make some adjustments there. Like you said, you can put Strzok with anybody. You can put Shane Lowry with anybody. But in the alternate shot format, I think those teams that you see first thing Friday morning are 99% going to be the same teams you're going to see on Saturday morning. Yeah, I mean, look, we're not focused on the U.S. team here in this show, but like <laughs> that. Their pairings are obvious, right? Yeah. Like, I think for the most part, we know it's going to be Xander and Cantlay. We know it's going to be Thomas and Speed. We know it's going to be, or I think it's going to be Morikawa and, and Homer. I don't know if you agree. Like, yep. does it have to be Scheffler and Burns all the way through to make it worse even taking Burns? No. And I think anyways, that's a better four-ball team anyways than yep. an alternate shot. But, I mean, when you think about the options, like, they're not going to throw Brian Harmon out there first thing in the morning. I think the one name to consider, uh, if you're thinking who may go out first with Scotty Scheffler, an alternate shot that nobody's talking about, it's probably Brooks Kepka. Um, but I have no idea where his mindset or his game is right now. So. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that the one idea that we kind of floated just now and again, I don't want to talk too much on the USA, but like if you are going to somehow break that speed and Thomas pairing up that people wouldn't necessarily think would be broken up, I could see. Thomas and Ricky, like I could see Ricky going out, mm-hmm. and then you and then you put Harmon with someone like a a Scheffler. But I think this this is where it's going to come down to is a management of these two stars, and it's going to be Rory and Scheffler. Like if mm-hmm. if they let Scheffler just go out of Burns all the time, I think it can be to their detriment, especially in, in foursomes. And I think if they don't give Rory comfortable pairings and just kind of hope he's going to carry around a bit of a corpse, then I think that could be a problem. So. Yeah, and and I think with Rory too, you know, I think he almost has earned the right to pick his partners, yeah. right? Um, kind of, and I mean, kind of within reason, right? Like, you know, Aber's probably going to be with Hovland, so Lowry and Fleetwood are are very clearly probably the two guys Rory would want to play with. I could see him playing with Matt Fitzpatrick if they want to get a little bit funky with some things, but he'll be very happy with Lowry and with Fleetwood this week. So I just don't know what whether this dynamic of of Rory and Lowry is what we think it is. Like they got waxed in that, in that <laughs> against, and I know everybody did, right? Like I, like it's not, yeah. not just down to them, but Rory had a bad whistling straights, and I think to your point earlier about the one being the most likely to to miss one is him because I think he just gets so emotionally drained being mm. the guy. Whereas I think Ryan relishes it. I think Hovland's young enough not to care. Like I, I, I think it's it's Rory that needs that little break and. I think you're right. I think he picks his players. So if he's picking Fleetwood and Lowry, then then great. Like you want him to feel the most comfortable. I just there's something about it. I just can't shake about the the Rory Lowry thing. And maybe it's just the one match I'm basing it on. Yeah, I just think in this format, like there's gonna, I think there's gonna come a point where Rory needs to be the guy. But right now, he he doesn't want to be the he doesn't want to go out first Friday morning. He doesn't want to go out first on Sunday against Justin Thomas in that match. 
that's not who he is or what he wants to do. That's where you put John Rahm. Like yeah. he's he's that guy. And uh, if Rory just can kind of find the right groove, I think he'll be very successful this week. But he does not want to be that that vocal leader or that guy going out first this week. If we're saying it's not going to be Rory um, and Fleetwood going out first, mm-hmm. are you putting Hatton and Rahm out first, or are you going Hovland and Aberg? I'm putting Hatton out first. Absolutely. Uh, that's a spicy duo you have there. And they're both playing great. I mean, Hatton, he should have won Wentworth by four shots. Like, let's be real. He, he you know, he gagged that one away. Um, but, yeah, I would absolutely put that team out first, yeah. And, look, I think the the, the beautiful thing about Hatton and, and Rahm is it could get, you know, it could boil over. But I think that's what you you almost want in this format, right? Like, it's not going to boil over. It's the fact they're going to actually come to blows against each other. But I think they're both going to get so wound up at their own game that they could – um, you know, it could be some detriment. I just, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's it's so, whereas, like, the USA pairings are so structured and so obvious, I think, and, it, and it is, rather, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people think Brian Harmon could be good and he's probably going to get, you know, left out to, to maybe the team's detriment. Like, I think that the European one, even without the, even with the practice pairings that we've seen, is so hard yeah. to call. Like, I just can't, I can't pin my hat on, What's going to happen after that morning session? Yeah, I think, so, I mean, I think for the Euros, you know, they rally around the common goal. They're, you know, even if they're not on paper the underdog, they're always the underdog, right? Yeah. It's just, it's just kind of the way it is. Um, but yeah, like I remember Hatton and Rom played together at Wentworth on Sunday. Um, they had a front row seat. Rom was fist pumping on, on 18 when Hatton made that birdie putt. So like, I think these guys do get along really well. They may not play on the same schedule. They may not play with each other all that often, but um, I absolutely love that pairing. I think they're going to be awesome. And I I was such a big advocate for Rory and Hovland that we're sitting straight. Mm-hmm. So it, didn't, it didn't come about, and that's why I was kind of Rory and Aberg this time. Looks like that's not going to come about. Where do you think the Ryder Cup is won and lost for Europe this week? Um, well, I, I always want to say singles. Um, but I think it has to be foursomes because if, I mean, that's their format. If they don't get off to a fast start both days, if they're down 3-1 first thing Friday morning, you got to sound the alarms. Um, it's going to be tough to come back from that. So, yeah, I think those morning alternate shot sessions are going to be huge for them. And that's why I think they're going to send out the same four teams both days. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think I think for me with the with the foursomes thing, like we we've seen – Europe come back from 3-1 down in the morning session, but it's been 3-1 down in four balls, to your point. Like, they have to take yeah. that. Awesome. So, I think that Europe go out fast. They win 3-1 in the opening session. I think they probably split the afternoon to all, and we're looking at a 5-3 start for Europe. That's that's an ideal scenario for me. One that I think is, one, realistic, and two, kind of what we need to happen. Um, I don't think we haven't really need to win these four ball sessions to... Um, you know, win the win the Ryder Cup, and certainly in, in the singles, it does go the Americans' way more often than not. But even that, I don't think it's necessarily going to be the case this time. Like I know that there's this kind of big focus on on singles and Americans, but like I'm very wary of Max Homer. I think he'd be really good. But like when you look at um, Xander and, and Cantlay, the two probably the most solid players you can ask for on a Ryder Cup, team. like they're both beatable head to head. Like and if they come mm-hmm. up against Rahm and Hovland, they're not going to be favourites. And then you've got um, you know, the, the, I, I guess if if someone like a 
Justin Thomas is going to... I think Justin Thomas has got a, a massive part to play in this because I think he'll play more than someone of his form is expected to play most times. I think that yeah. he is going to be key. So if he has a great Ryder Cup, then he's obviously going to go out and, and play well in the, in the singles. Um, yeah, well, I think, yes. I think that gives Captain Zach Johnson the excuse of, oh, JT and Spieth won, I'm just going to send it back out again. Yeah. Right? He, he's looking for an excuse to let Justin Thomas play four times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because then he can always look back and say, I just played my best players as much as I could. You know, there's always... Uh, yeah, there's always that. So, Do, if you're Europe, what is your biggest fear? Like, what when it comes to the week and and what you think can happen? Is it is it almost Europe beating themselves in terms of pairings, or do you think the USA can do something that will really kind of throw them off course? Yeah, I mean. I don't know. So I think how they set up the course is obviously going to have a huge impact on this. I think they've done all the homework they need to do about where the tees are, where the rough is, what what approach buckets. Because the main idea here is that they want to take wedges out of the American hand. Right? They've done that. I think they're going to set the course up where you cannot hit wedges into every hole. Um, I think it's going to come down to putting, as it always does. Um, and I think they're going to slow down the greens like they always do over here. So I think that's where it kind of gets won or lost is can the Americans adjust here to the slow greens? Um, if Scotty Scheffler goes out first and starts making every 15-footer he looks at, you can sound the alarms. Um, so, yeah, I think putting is going to be huge here. I think that's the the, the real concern, I guess, is there is if there's any weakness for Roy McIlroy it's making those putts in crunch time. If there's any weakness... But well, there is a very glaring weakness for Tommy Fleetwood is making those putts in crunch time. You expect Hassan to make, you expect Rahn to make them, you expect Hovland to make them, um, even Aberg to this point. It's just those Fleetwoods, even Lowry, like I know he gets called a great short short game player, but like I, I can definitely see him missing putts in, in crunch time. Same with Justin Rose, unfortunately. So it, it really does depend, I think, on what Rory and Fleet would do with the putters early on is to, is to where we are. So you mentioned there about course setup. How much an advantage do you think they can actually make? I know you said about the, the kind of you talked about the wedges there and taking those out of the players' hands, but mm-hmm. like I almost my initial thought was like it's overplayed this time around because this is a course that suits the biggest hitters and that favors mm-hmm. both teams. Like, and I don't know if I've changed my mind on that. So, yeah, well, it's not just about rough length, right? At, at at the last Ryder Cup in France, it was about rough length. It was just so long that like they just couldn't get out of it. Um, but yeah, I think those approach buckets are huge because like from 100, uh, 160 to 175 yards, right? That European team is just as good as the American team. So I do think it plays a factor. And then also how the course is going to be set up from a sort of player A, player B standpoint. You know, when you look at alternate shots and who's teeing off on on kind of what holes it's it's skewed pretty heavily where one player needs to be the dominant approach player right and the other guy is going to hit more tee shots and probably be the better putter um how that shakes out for a guy like Rory McIlroy I'm not 100% sure because I think he's going to end up needing to make a lot of those putts um but like you think again of like a Ron Hatton parent it's very clear Hatton is going to be the A player who's going to tee off on those odd holes have most uh, most of the approach shots and Rom's going to be just hitting drivers and putters. So um, I think that's how they're going to have an edge here. Yep, absolutely. Let's take a quick break here just to to focus on our uh, audio listeners. 
So Daily Fantasy Sports picks and bets the mix. Um, you're listening to the DB World Tour picks and bets show. Uh, obviously, Ryder Cup this time around. Normally with Skylar Hoke, but he's off for the week. Uh, I'll be filling in beautifully for him here. Um, Ryan, let's talk about let's talk about bets now. Let's, let's actually go into specific markets. I'm just bringing up your bets that you posted earlier in the week. Are, is yeah. this like the ones that you posted earlier in the week? Is that finalized? Are you adding? More? Yeah, that's it. I, well, I'll bet the matchups when they come out. Yeah. Uh, uh, not all of them, but but yes, those are all the props that I'll be partaking in this week. Okay, so let's let's just look at the European ones then. So mm-hmm. Victor Hovland plus five fifty for top European. I'm not sure if that price has changed since then. And Ludwig Aberg, top European rookie plus one sixty five. So. I've got two thoughts on this. One, I think I initially was all over Hovland, but for some, I don't know why, but for some reason <laughs> I felt like I preferred the idea of Hovland when McRoy was with Aberg. And I don't, I don't know why. I, I just, mm-hmm. but if you believe that Aberg and Hovland are going to make a great pairing, and I think that's the bet because I think that ultimately he's the person you can hang your hat on to be five, five sessions yeah. hit the arm. So we've, we've kind of discussed that. Is that, is that the line of thinking, just the opportunity cost, or do you think it's the Aber factor for you? It's both. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to get the best partner for for all the sessions. Um, he could play with Aber four times. Uh, yeah. it, like, I think that's entirely possible. Maybe one afternoon he plays with uh, Nikolai potentially. But yeah, I mean, I think Hovland is is the biggest lock on the team to play all five sessions. Um, Agreed. I think he's in the best form out of anybody. And I think he's going to have the best partner. So kind of a no-brainer for me. I, you know, obviously wish I could uh, I could tap somebody at at much deeper odds, but uh, that's what. No, we're <laughs> I think when it comes to it, like this this event is already hard enough to bet. So I think you have to go with, with the structure like that. And I think I think yeah. it's the point like he is the most obvious. Like I, I could definitely see Rory. I think Rory will sit. I think he'll play four out of five. And I think yeah. that I think that um is. I, Again, like I think he's definitely possible playing five, but he's a slightly shorter odd, so I could just see him halving a match or something like well, that. Well, and and after you get out of alternate shot, not that it matters too much, but like you think about who the ROM partners could be in a right. four ball. Like he may end up with Seth Straka for a second. Yeah. He may end up with Matt Fitzpatrick. He may end up with Paul. Like you just don't know where that's going to go. So, so this was my point about. So you're, you're talking about Aberg, top European rookie here. This this was where I actually think. And I, to be honest, there's, I think there's only one threat to this. I don't think Hoygaard and McIntyre play enough. I think Sepp Stracker could be a threat to this bet in the sense that you just mentioned there that he could go out with Rahm in four balls. And I think that's yeah. something they could do twice. So I think he's got the opportunity to go out four balls. I think he'll go out in four balls twice anyway. And then yeah. he's got the opportunity to win a singles. I think he's, again, this 18 holes against you know whoever. So if he goes up against Brian Harmon, I'm absolutely confident he can... He can beat him. I know Brian Harmon's, you know, got that in him and stuff like that. But I think Sepp is the only threat to this Aberg bet. But he's got to go perfect, whereas Aberg might only have to win three of four, whatever. Yeah, and I'm I'm honestly surprised the Aberg number wasn't lower. Like it could have been a, a plus one twenty or plus one twenty five pretty easily. I mean, he could play two more matches than any other European rookie. So yeah, I, th- I think that's right. And I think like they've made it very clear what they think of him like it like yeah. i think he was on that team before he even won that event he's then won that event so even better right um he's got the perfect setup we don't know what he's going to do with marco simone because we haven't seen him do it but there's no reason to think that he won't um yep 
So yeah, absolutely understand those. I think for me, the, the one little bit of value I quite like on the European points scorer is Tommy Fleetwood because he's just behind that bracket of the top three guys. And I think he's capable of playing five games as well. Like if he's going to start off with Rory, start hot, maybe they go out for two sessions. I don't know who they're going to drop Fleetwood for. Um, so I think I think that's a, a, a decent bet there. With He's about plus 750, I think is the best mm-hmm. price. Uh, plus 650, sorry. Um, and then I think it's so tough. Like I really want Matt Fitzpatrick to have a good Ryder Cup. Like, I really want it to happen, but it relies on probably a Justin Rose having a really good performance and, and starting off day one well. Yeah, and I think, you know, it, it's it's been, you know, obviously said a thousand times how, how he's a completely different player now. He's got another elevated event. But I think, it's, I think it's more than that. I think it's now he's playing back in Europe. He just got engaged. He's back in really good form. I mean, each of his last few starts has been great. Um, obviously, he should have won the Omega. Uh, I don't know what the hell happened there, but he didn't. Um, I just think he's ready, and I, I do expect him to play well. I just don't know how much he's going to play. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing for me. Like, he is definitely in form, second at the BMW, ninth at the Tour Championship, should have won the Omega, like you said, and then even 18th at Wentworth, I think it's solid enough for him. Like, he's not mm-hmm. necessarily shown in the past that that's a great golf course for him, uh, given his standard. So, well, the only guys he lost to are basically all the guys who are yeah. here. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. Was it seven of the 12 were in the top 10? So, um, yeah. yeah, they were all up there. So, um, are we are we confident that you can't really afford to play Hoygaard or McIntyre in DraftKings, for example? I would not play McIntyre just because I think he's the one guy who's at risk of just not playing (laughs) at all until Sunday. Uh, And probably at most, he's going to play once. I do expect him to sit all day on on Friday. I mean, Nikolai is interesting because I think you have to look at the two of them a lot differently. One was an auto qualifier and one was picked. You know, they picked him to be here. You don't pick somebody to sit. And that's that's kind of how I feel about Justin Rose too. He's not in the best form right now, but he's the veteran, but they picked him. So he's going to play. Um, like he probably wouldn't be first in mind. And you're like, Hey, I'm going to send Rose out first thing in the first session on Friday, but it's alternate shot. It's at home. It's a logical pairing with Fitz. Like I do think that's going to be one of the first pairings to see go out. So I think, I think with Rose, I think that the edge that he gets over like a Nikolai, for example, if we kind of put them in the same bucket is that, Rose is more likely to play both formats. Like I could see him playing mm-hmm. awesomes and four balls. I think Nikolai, do you think he's strictly four balls or do you think he can make an impact in foursomes as well? I think he's I think he's strictly four balls. Yeah. So I think we're looking uh, we're looking at kind of Stracker and Hoygaard in the same breath. Yes. I mean I think Strack is a better player overall, but yeah. I, mean, I don't expect to see either one of them in, in, in foursomes either more. So, so no to Robert McIntyre, he's definitely out. I think probably you can do the same maybe with Brian Harmon on the other side, even though he's got an ability in him. Um, obviously, we're not going to talk too much. But do you agree with that? Yeah, Harmon's an interesting one because obviously his his skill set uh, seems like it would make sense in alternate shot. Like He's a great iron player. He's a great putter. He can scramble. Like You can trust him to keep the ball and play off the tee. Like I think that makes a lot of sense, but I mean, also, Brian Harmon hits the ball 250 yards. Uh, he plays from different areas. 
I think he's a better player when he can just do his own thing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, again, one of the logical pairings they talked about is putting him with Brooks, where they're just going to kind of go do, do their own thing. I'll, I'll see you at the tee. I'll see you at the green. Let's make some birdies and just let them do their own thing. Well, the, the pairings at the moment suggest that he's going to be with Fowler and Brooks is going to be with Clark is what the pairings say at the moment. But I don't, I don't believe that at all. Yeah. Like, I think I, I think Fowler and Clark are friends. Uh, I think Homo and Clark are friends. Like, I just, yeah, I see Brooks and, and Harmon for sure going out there. Yeah, I like it. So let, let's, let's go a little bit on to um, DraftKings and then we'll kind of put yeah. a poll here. Who are the so candidates for captain from the mm-hmm. European team, is there a short list or do you think you can do different things with a variety of the players? I think there's a short list. Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to have more European captains than American captains. I think it's, it's exceptionally difficult to have an expensive captain. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, I would love to play Hovland or Rory. I know they're playing five matches most likely. Like, I would love to have them as captains, but... I think you got to get their partners, right? You've got to get the guy who's going to play probably four matches, maybe five, maybe three, but who's going to win with those guys. So, for example, Aber seems like a great optimal captain uh, considering who he's going to play with, and he's probably going to play three or four times. Uh, I think Hatton is another cheap captain option who makes a lot of sense. So uh, most of my teams are there, but if you want a captain, Rom, Rory, or Hovland, I, I, I really can't fault you for that. Yeah, so I think for me it would be, I mean, Hovland, I think, is going to be the most popular player, both as yeah. as and as basic, right? But I think I like the idea of Hatton as captain. And the reason being is, one, like you say there, you point to the fact they're very obvious pairing with, with Rahm and the fact that you probably think they're going to win there. But mm-hmm. also, I think he's the type of player, that if that pairing doesn't work out, he's still going to get rolled out in, in some respect, whether it's with Fleetwood, whether it's with Rory or whatever, right? Yeah. So, I, th- I think he's the type of player that you can kind of hang your hat on is going to play at least the four, right? So then you're starting off, let's say we're, for argument's sake, we're going to start off with Hatton at 11-7. What's your next thing that you do? Do you, do you, go, and, do you go and put in the one of Rory Rahman? And oh, well, I'm, I'm putting in his partner. I'm putting in John Rahm with that team because I think that is what you have to optimize here is you want your captain and his partner who are going to win hopefully three or four matches. Yeah, um, and so those two are definitely playing together both Friday morning and Saturday morning. I would bet. So I would start there uh, with those two, and then and then just go to my next favorite team. So the interesting thing on there is that like you're, I don't know, I'm maybe misconstruing what you're saying, but would, mm-hmm. would you say that there's absolutely no point in captaining John Rahm in a lineup you're including Hatton in? Like you would just you would just play it the other way around. I just think well. Rom may be the exception because he's the one guy who is going to play five matches and yeah. could have four different partners. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably not, but uh, I think he's the exception. But like Hovland, right? You know for sure he's playing at least twice with Aber, who's yeah. pretty cheap and who's going to play a lot on his own. So if Hovland is your captain, I think Aber has to be the second person in there. Um, if you know if if Rory is going to be your captain you're not going to then put in Scotty Scheffler, right? It doesn't make any sense. You're going to put Fleetwood, and you're probably going to put Shane Lowry in that team too because you want to get as much correlation as you can. Yeah, absolutely. So the next step, so let's say we've started with Hatton and Rahm um, as our first two guys in. 
again this is all kind of aesthetic i guess but like what are you then doing are you then picking your favorite usa team or are you, are you building out the europe <laughs> i'm picking my favorite team so i don't it doesn't matter what nationality for me it's probably hotline neighbor next okay. for for many people it's going to be Cantley and xander because again you know that those guys are probably playing five matches so like i can't fault you with that but if you're starting hatton wrong Cantley, xander so are a lot of other people like that's but yeah, I would put one of those teams in next for sure. So then, so let's let's say we're starting, and this is I'm don't want to give away people's lineups, but like this mm-hmm. is this is the idea we're putting together, right? So Hatton is captain with Ram, Hovland, and Aberg. Yeah, that leaves you with just under seven k for your next mm-hmm. two. Then what do you do? Like, are you, are, you, are you then just looking for the best cheap player overall? Is that is that Justin Thomas with the opportunity cost? So I think here again, um, it, it it could be like unless you see a duo who you think is going to pair pair together or pair with the other players you have on this team. Like for example, this team has Rom already, right? We mentioned maybe they put Rom out with Sepp Straka, right? Yeah. So all right, so you go down and grab Straka. Uh, he's down at the bottom. You can then pick any player in the field except for Scotty Scheffler. You can put Rory in there. You could randomly use Patrick Cantley or Xander as as a one-off because you know they're getting five matches. So, um, and I'm, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. Like I'm going to have a lot of bills that are five Europeans, one American probably, um, and that one American is probably going to be Xander or Cantley. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. I mean, the other thing is that you, we talked about Rose and Fitz is that you put them in and then you've got the one-off of anyone you want other than Scotty or Rory, right? So, if you go if you literally went with Rahm, Hatton, Aberg, but then you, you probably wouldn't put Aberg in without Hovland. I wouldn't put him in without Hovland, yeah. But like if 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 you did that team we mentioned with with, with Hatton, Rahm, Aberg, Hovland, like you could then do Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler who might play together, right? But also they yeah. might not. And yeah. also that's going to be a team that 50 other people have. So Yeah, yeah it's tough. Like I, th- I think this is this is where like, Drafting is is so great to try and work out, but it's also just a really hard thing to do this week. Like it's, I wouldn't yeah. be over invested in, in draftings this week. It's more of a viewing and a prop bet week for me. Yeah, and I think again, uh, you have to get lucky, obviously, with with your captain, um, and you have to also not overthink it. Like there is, I don't care if Xander and Canley are 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 fifty eight percent owned in some stuff. Like they are going to play the most matches on the U.S. team. They are probably going to win the most points on the US team. Uh, it's about trying to figure out if that's optimal for you. Yeah, I mean, just just here, like the one kind of thing I've put on there with $700 left on the table is Hatton, Rahm, Aberg, Hovland, Stracker, Cantley. Mm, yeah. Which means you, you, I mean, you can try and improve on Stracker, but that's basically well, in Hoygaard or Brian Harmon. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, and I would say the only tweak that I would make there is just pick Xander over Cantlay to leave more money on the table and be a little more unique uh, because they're essentially the same player. They're going to play the same matches. Yeah. So. And, and actually, to be honest, like, I probably prefer Xander a little bit. I think I was probably just paying up to, in which case, yeah. you could go Xander and go with Lowry if you think he's going to play. Xander just had, yeah, and, and again, people are, are going to look back to uh, uh, Whistling Straits when he got sent out first against Rory and got his butt kicked 
I don't think that was the right spot for Xander, and I, I absolutely wouldn't expect him to be uh, first out on Sunday again. Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's look at, let's put a bow on kind of our final thoughts then. Mm-hmm. For, so I think we're both in agreement that we think Europe are going to win. Mm-hmm. That's kind of our thing. I think they're going to win day one. I think they're going to win day one, five, three. It would be my prediction. Um, I know that's not very much against the grain. Like that's actually the second most obvious bet. But I think that we go three and one in the foursomes, two or win the four balls is a great result, I think, for Europe on day one. Yeah, I, I, I definitely would take them to lead uh, after the first session and after the first day. I think that's I think that's a pretty likely outcome. Uh, and again, as long as they don't do anything dumb, and I, I really don't think they – I expect those same four teams out on Saturday morning. I think they will win that session again. Um, I think they're going to have a pretty sizable lead going to Sunday singles. Maybe it's 9-7. to seven, Maybe it's 9.5, 6.5, something like that. Um, but obviously when it comes to singles, anything can happen. And I think this is going to come down to a point or two at the very end. Um, I would say, you know, nobody's going to win by more than two points this week. Yeah, I, I look at 14 and a half, 13 and a half Europe at 12 yeah. to 1 is kind of my prediction. And we've had that a couple of times in the last mm-hmm. 10 Ryder Cups, I think. But um, yeah, I think that's, I think that probably puts a bow in it. Like we, we've talked about the kind of chemistry of the players that we expect. We've talked about mm-hmm. the pairings that we're going to see on day one. In the past, I think that, and again, you've you've kind of hammered home this point a couple of times. Like in the past, I think Europe have been guilty of just trying to mix things up a little mm-hmm. bit too much, get players out there. You're pretty confident this week, RB, that they're going to just ride those guys as they should and keep the pairings pretty consistent throughout. What's the, uh, and I think we talked about this a little bit, what's the one pairing that you want to see that we probably won't, but what do you want to see? Rory and Aberg. Got it. I would say Rory and Hovland, which again, we all wanted last time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, hey, maybe they fall behind and in foursomes on Saturday afternoon, they throw out a Rory so, Hovland team. So that, that would the only argument for not playing Rory and Hovland together is that you're weakening the rest of the yeah. lights, right? Like it, the mm-hmm. depth isn't there. But if you just absolutely need a point, there's no reason to think that they won't partner together and... I always find it funny, like, if you think you can't put Rory and Hovland together because that's going to weaken the rest of your team, you're not saying much about the confidence of the rest of your team. Like, you should be thinking that that Rahm and Hatton can go and get you another point. Fleetwood and Lowry can get you another point. Then you've still got Rose, Fitz, Hoygaard, like Stracker, all these players that could get you a point. Yeah, and and I think, again, if, if everything lines up for it and for whatever reason you get to a Saturday afternoon, like... I could absolutely see Aberg going out with Nikolai in a four ball um, and have them stack a couple other teams. Like I, I definitely think that's viable. That's the right format for it. And like you think about the Americans that are going to be out there, like would you be afraid of them playing uh, Wyndham Clark and Ricky Fowler? No. Or like how? Colin Morikawa and Brooks Kepka? Not really. I guess it's interesting. Like how important is pairings in four ball? Is, is, this is a... This, I don't know how long it's not. Been. It's important. Well, it's important that you have your best birdie makers out there who they play with. I agree. It doesn't really make a heck of a difference other than it's it's fun to play with your friends. Yeah. But like Aberg and Hoygaard, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but over the last eight events, do you think anyone's made more birdies than them? Probably no, not. And, <laughs> and, I, and I think that like I th- I've never thought about the, the Hoygaard-Aberg thing, but I think that's right. Like 
there's no like the one argument I guess is that if you have a Justin Rose as your four ball partner, you can rely on him to make the par whilst you're going for a birdie that you you know that could be pretty volatile. I guess is is the idea right? Like he's your safety net. He can he can contribute a birdie every now and then. Yeah. He's probably going to birdie the par five so you can go for an <laughs> eagle. But everyone should be able to do that as a professional golfer. You just got to pick the the the. the no, I agree. I. I... Hey, I hope you see it. Look, I mean, you can get uh, Rory, a uh, sorry, Rory Hovland, uh, Nikolai Aberg, and and Aberg, Stefan Rom, and like a Fleetwood Lowry group. Like that would be a fun four teams to set yeah. out on a Saturday. Well, like even Fleetwood Hatton, I quite like as a team. Yeah, I'd get them out there. Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting dynamic. I think that the biggest takeaway from this um, is that you think it's going to be a big week for Victor Hovland. You know, yeah. that, that in itself makes it a big week for Aberg. Um, they're your two bets. I was very high on Hovland beforehand. I think I probably still am. And I, I think he just doesn't. He just doesn't have a weakness. You know, his no. his, his his chipping is so much better. He really is a good putter um, now, especially over here. Um, and yeah, he's just he's just in such good form. But I think even like he like the the chipping thing, right? Like mm-hmm. in a major when you really need to gain a birdie and you're, you're trying to chip out a rough is is important when you're. You know, someone's still got a 35-foot putt to make the birdie and you're just chipping and leaving yourself a 10-foot. It doesn't really matter. Like The worst, very worst-case scenario is you have a bad chip and lose one hole and you don't yeah. need to make that back in the next hole. So I think you lose that a little bit. I guess it's just... He just... He gets so many mid-irons to, like, four feet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's... And I think you're seeing that with, with, with Aberg now, which maybe we didn't expect, but, like, when yeah. I was watching him at Crams and at... Uh, Wentworth. Oh, Wentworth is ridiculous. It's like 150 yards away, he hit it to two feet. And I was like, well, yeah, that'll work anywhere. Um, I wonder if that's what's changed to put them together. Like, I wonder if they've just looked at that over a couple of weeks and just gone, like, they can just do exactly the same thing and yeah, make it really hard to stop. Um, so, yeah. Look, this whole show was centered around Europe for a reason. Like, this mm-hmm. is just what we do. It's what me and Sky do week to week. It's what you and Axis do when you come in and fill in with it for us guys. Um, so, this is not to say that the USA have no chance. This is not to say that Derby has not got bets on on US players. You can find those on his Twitter um, or X now, formerly known as Twitter. Yeah. Um, I think I think the thing is, like, I de- I definitely now feel confident in Europe, which is the main thing. I think the only thing I don't feel confident at the moment is, do they know what they're doing pairings wise? But sometimes, like you've just said there, maybe the experiment is the beauty of it. Like if if it if you go out there and go, you know what, let's just stack Rory and Victor, and then all of a sudden, Hoygaard and Aberg are just absolutely electric together because they're playing their own ball. Like, it could be, a, you know, beauty, beauty out of, like, desperation, I guess. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, I, I, I think the score is going to dictate that, obviously, but if you need a point in four balls, why not? Um, I think that's a lot different, like, than when the U.S. was sending out a Tiger Hill team for absolutely no reason. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Ryan, I think I think we'll put a bow on it there. Like I think we've we've covered pretty much everything you can from a European yeah. standpoint. If anyone has any questions, they can obviously uh, what do you even call it now? X us? Like you can't X someone. Uh, no, uh, I still I still call it Twitter. So yeah, you can still you can still tweet us uh, on the app formerly known as Twitter. Um, put those shouts out there. Rate, review, subscribe the show. Hopefully, it's slightly different. Obviously, angle to to a betting show week to week. We will get back to those. Um, shortly we are off next week at the very least I am away and so is Sky and then uh, potentially you guys might fill in for us and do a show but 
Um, we, we think we might be off next week and then we'll, we'll pick it up from yeah. there. So that's the current plan. But RB, thank you as ever, bud. Stepping in as always, stepping up to the plate. Giving yeah, us- special special shout out to Sky. He's he's obviously off, off for personal reasons, had his first child. So uh, very happy for him. Welcome to the club. Yeah, absolutely. I do not have that experience yet. So I <laughs> trust you guys. It is a beautiful moment. Uh, very happy for Sky, obviously. Um, didn't want to shout it out at the top of the show. But it's great to save a little second. Very European name too, so, so he has. I love it. And yeah. we hope. I mean, I don't know if he'll actually advocate for just calling him Ludwig by the end of the week. Like, <laughs> how how long is too long before you can change a name? Like, you can have sort of like name. Well, I told him this worked out so well because like these are the nights. He's up all night. We're going to be up at uh, what two thirty, three o'clock in the morning for some early golf. So it's it's perfect. Yeah, love it. Arby, thank you very much, bud. Uh, all right, see you, Tom. Thanks, bud. And thanks all for listening.